Hey y'all, Ohio Crime Mom here, and before we jump into this week's case, um, I just wanted to give you a quick reminder that we will be having our one-year anniversary of the podcast giveaway on June 26th. That is a Saturday. I'm not sure of the time yet, but if you're a part of the Ohio Crime Mom group, I will be posting the time when it gets closer to that date. Um, we have a lot of great goodies in it, um, as well as we will be releasing our limited edition merch for the one-year anniversary on the same date. This will include candles, tank tops, ponytail hats, and headbands for sure. Um, just a lot of really great things are going to be happening on the 26th, and I'm so excited to share them all with you guys. So if you're not a member of the Ohio Crime Mom Facebook group, please go and search and join the group. Um, and that is how you can earn entries into the giveaway. So, without any more delay, we're going to go ahead and jump into this week's episode, which is on Jonestown. On May 13th, 1931, one of the most well-known cult leaders was born. James Warren Jones was born in Crete, Indiana, to parents James Thurton Jones and Lynetta Jones. Jones' mother was the breadwinner of the family due to injuries that his father had suffered in World War I and the neighbors referred to the family as an odd bunch. From a very young age, age, Jones attended church every time that the doors were opened, and classmates can even recall Jones hosting mock sermons in his home, as well as funeral services for the dead animals that he had found. These classmates actually believed that Jones had actually killed the animals himself. In 1949, Jones married a nurse named Marceline Brown, whom he met while working at Reed Hospital. Jim and Marceline would go on to adopt many children. Most of these children were not Caucasian, and due to this, Jones referred to his family as a rainbow family. The children were as followed. Agnes, who was Native American. Lou, Stephanie, and Suzanne, who were Korean. Jim Jones Jr., who was African-American, Timothy Glean, who was Caucasian, and they had one biological son named Stephen Gandhi. In 1952, Jones decided to become a minister. Shortly after, he became a student pastor at Somerset Methodist in Indianapolis, Indiana. He soon became known throughout the entire state of Indiana as a healer and talked about wanting to have racially integrated services. But Somerset Methodist opposed Jones on this. So in 1955, Jones would open his own church, originally named Wings of Deliverance. But this name would soon be changed to the People's Temple. And now we're going to take a short break to hear a word from this week's sponsors. Rella's Wonder Crafts is a small family-owned crafting business located here in Southern Ohio. They make a variety of crafts from custom shirts and tumblers to decals and wreaths, plus so much more. Since 2017, they have been creating magic and happiness by bringing our, their customers and visions to life. Come take a peek into their world. You can find them on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Etsy, and TikTok. And just in time for Christmas, you can get so many great things. Jones started building his new church by traveling to revivals and having his sermons broadcasted over the radio. And in the mid-1960s, Jones decided to relocate to Ukiah in the Redwood Valley of California, 
more than 100 members from the church in Indiana would follow. Here, the members would travel into the bigger cities in California to recruit new members for the church. One of Jones's biggest stances in the church was to discourage sexual relations even between married couples. Even though Jones was discouraging this, he himself was having affairs with members of the church. Some have even claimed that he was bisexual and propositioned men from the church to participate in sexual relations. Jones was a very paranoid man and was constantly preaching to the church that the public was trying to persecute them for their lifestyles and beliefs. In 1974, Jones purchased land in Guyana. Guyana is a state in northern South America. Jones planned to build a home and church there, and many members volunteered to go to help with construction of the church and Jones's personal home. By 1977, Jones' paranoia had become increasingly worse, and he then decided it was time to head to Guyana. Around a thousand members of the People's Temple followed to what would be known as Jonestown. The members who followed believed they were headed to paradise, but instead they headed into a prison camp, essentially. Members received very little food, they were forced to work extremely long hours, and even when they were allowed time to sleep, sermons of Jones were played on loudspeakers, making it nearly impossible to get any rest. Guards also wouldn't allow people to leave, and as I said before, they were essentially prisoners of Jonestown. Soon after arriving, followers would be awoken from the little bit of sleep they had, handed a cup of red liquid, and were told to drink it. They would then be told they were poisoned, and they would wait 45 minutes to see if they would die. They, of course, were fine, and was told that this was a trust drill for when they would need to do this. Jones had his followers practicing their own deaths. Jones was becoming increasingly paranoid and fearful of a plot against him with each passing day. And during the year of 1977, former members began speaking out about things that were going on in the People's Temple. One of the former members was even trying to regain custody of her son from the inside of the church. Jones played this off to his followers as them once again being persecuted by the public. The former members made enough commotion to catch the attention of U.S. Representative Leo Ryan, and he decided it was time to go investigate for himself. On November 14, 1978, Leo Ryan arrived in Guyana with a group of reporters and concerned family members to investigate the claims of Jonestown himself. The first three days in Guyana, Ryan was welcomed and treated like royalty. They had parties and many other events for him. But on the fourth day, November 18, 1978, Leo Ryan was slipped a note by a member of Jonestown who wanted to leave. Ryan and 14 defectors, the group of reporters and family members, left Jonestown and headed to a nearby airstrip. Jim Jones sent a group of members after Ryan's group and ordered them to assassinate all of them. The attack happened at the airstrip, leaving Ryan and four others murdered. The rest of Ryan's group either played dead or escaped into the jungle. When Jones got word that people had escaped, he feared they would alert the authorities and decided it was time for the drills they had ran to become reality. He had Kool-Aid mixed with cyanide and began having it distributed. He began with having the parents administer this drink to their children and then the adults would follow. 
Some members participated with no hesitation, while others were forced to participate. When all was said and done, Jim Jones died to an apparent self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. Guyanese troops searched Jonestown the very next day, and the final death toll was 913. 304 of the 913 were minors. More than 400 unclaimed bodies were buried at Evergreen Cemetery in Oakland, California, where they have monuments to all of the people who were murdered at Jonestown. And while some people will argue in their minds that this was a mass suicide, yes, some of them willingly participated, so maybe you can say that they committed suicide, but a lot of them were forced. A lot of them were trying to leave as the attacks were happening. Um... I do not believe it was a mass suicide. I believe it is a mass murder. Um, and like I said, he's one of the most prolific cult leaders of all time. Um, between him and Charles Manson and the Heaven's Gate community or uh, cult, um, Waco, there, there's so many cults. And a lot of them seem to focus on religion. Um, Heaven's Gate does heavily, of course, Jonestown did, Waco did, um, Charles Manson somewhat was based on religion, um, and it's just scary to think of how people could turn something that's supposed to be such a good thing into something that's such a bad thing. Um, but I believe that most of the members were completely innocent and were murdered, while some of them absolutely chose to take their own lives, but it was such a horrible thing. Um, and Jonestown is, Jim Jones in particular, is a very intriguing person to me. Um, he just is, he portrayed himself as something that was so positive and in all reality was something so evil. Um, and it just kind of sheds light on that the people that you think are some of the best people could also be some of the most evil people in this world. So I wanted to cover Jonestown this week. Um, as well as this is pride month. Uh, the month of June is pride month. So our next case will be on Marsha P. Johnson, who is a huge, huge member of the LGBTQ plus community. Um, and, Unfortunately, she's gone now, um, but she changed life for a lot of the LGBTQ plus community, um, and her death is very sad. So we will be covering her case on our next episode, um, hoping that I can get that out by Wednesday. Um, my mother is more than likely going to the hospital tomorrow, so things are going to be a little hectic for the next couple days. Um... So yeah, just send good vibes our way for our family. And until next time, this has been Ohio Crime Mom. Thanks.